What was your favorite one? Your favorite uh, Totino's pizza says a lot about you. Oh man, it says everything about you. I'm my favorite is probably cheese. Wrong yeah. answer. That is a very wrong answer. How's the trick question, Jake? Correct answer is bagel bites. Wow, <laughs> wild card actually for the win. <laughs> Hey team, welcome to the Professionally Offensive Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Cabrera. This is the spot where we provide raw, unfiltered insights from some amazing guests. Stand by, you're about to be offended in all the right ways. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Professionally Offensive Podcast presented by Atreyu Running Company. I'm your host, Joseph Cabrera, and I'm here with the crew today. Got battle buddy Michael Kragic here. Uh, helping us produce this thing and kicking butt, making sure this thing sounds crisp and clear. And then we're here with our guest, Jake Martin, as well, our chief experience officer here at Atreyu Running Company. But before we get into introductions uh, and kind of going into some background about about Jake, kind of want to talk about just kind of, we just literally got off, Jake literally was rolling in uh, from doing some uh, customer service work here. And we actually just got an email from one of our new vendors and I won't mention their name, but they're hot garbage. And it's, it's the kind of hot garbage that like, the reason I call it hot garbage is because it stews over time. It doesn't stink right away, but it stews over time and the smell doesn't ever goes away. So it's the kind of like, I'd actually rather somebody be rude to me to my face. And I know definitively that I don't, I no longer want to be working with them as opposed to this company has been very, uh, they got all the right answers, but they take about 72 hours to get back an answer to you. And I really wish it was something about color schemes or something. This is very like integral part to our enterprise. And so anyway, uh, just got off uh, got off the horn with them. And once again, one of these situations, I think Jake and Michael can can really, uh, it probably resonates really well with them right now on how that, that level of customer service where you kind of are smiling at folks, but you're not actually doing any kind of work for them. Uh, is one that I think all of us are probably fed up with. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I know it all too well. Wish I could say their name right now. Let's not do that. Yeah. <laughs> but then you go too far, right? I mean, it's like you, you how, you know, people say, well, then you just walk away. We've talked about this. But then you get in too deep. You get in too deep with them about a, about a part of the business that you don't really, uh, you can't easily unplug. Right. So, anyway, that's... Uh, on the good customer service side of the house, I'm really glad that we've actually, we're about three weeks running on a new, uh, basic customer engagement. How would you describe the, how would you describe the rundown, Jake, the, what we've been pushing out here every week to our, uh, to all the Atreyu fans out there? Well, it's in paragraph form, but I would kind of describe it as like a bulleted recap of what individual, I guess as a team we're, we're up to, this could be like, hey, new colorways coming, uh, new websites coming, we love to run, whatever. We can put whatever we want in there. And then there's a little, you know, little catch up from a uh, little check in from each one of us because, you know, we spend a lot of time together, but we're all kind of holding down the fort uh, for different sides of this company. So just kind of a quick little here's what, a, a, you know, a week in the life of a trade. Yeah. You think uh, it's email format, right? Right. That's right. So email is alive and well. Is that, I mean, is that the, uh, is that snail mail now or is it still humming? 
email has never been more alive. Is than, that right? Than it is today. <laughs> okay, dive into that. I mean, I know everybody checks their email, but is that, I mean, when you think about technology and social media and all the other channels to get information, uh, I know it's near and dear to all of our hearts here that email is, I, I know email is alive and well, but dive into that real quick. I mean, I think our listeners would love to know just an idea of why email is alive and well. And, and I'm actually curious why it still works. Yeah, I ask myself that same question sometimes, <laughs> even in the midst of it working. Um, I don't know. For me personally, uh, I'm on social media all the time. It's so fast paced. You're on Instagram, you're Facebook. You're being, you're being hit with so much content, so much information that it's it's kind of if you're in that whirlpool, it's kind of a breath of fresh air when you receive a good, solid, condensed email. Right, it's it's kind of have to slow down. You think you have to slow down. It kind of forces you to slow down, which is one of the more impossible things to do in 2021. Right, if you are if you have a job or that requires you to be active online, which most of us do. Yeah, it is very hard to slow down. Uh, So yeah, it's kind of it just brings you back. You're you're forced to kind of read things how how you would back in the day when we were kids. yeah. Is there a level of legitimacy too? Do you think like when you get an email, you, so you say you go numb and social, but do mm-hmm. you think you kind of go, you think you're like, oh, if it's an email, it's probably a legitimate thing for me to read. Yeah. It's probably a little bit more important than the the 35,000 other things they posted throughout the week on, on social media. I would, I would hope, right? If they're yeah. doing it correctly, it's the bread and butter. It's the cherry on top, I would hope. Yeah. And, and that kind of drives me to it as well. If I If I'm interested in the company, you know, enough to follow. Yeah, you know what type of emails are the best What's and that? the worst? Dad emails. You ever get an email from your dad? Oh, yeah. Or grandpa? I just got an email from my dad like three days ago. They're the best and the worst because they're like all short form. They don't use punctuation. It's usually like, come on, do you believe this? And you're like, believe what? I have no idea what you're referencing. And then they'll send you a link and then you'll click it and it's like it's like a virus. Yep. Do you know what I'm talking about? And it was like they copied something wrong off of Bing.com or something like Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, and, and my dad's is still, sorry to call you out, but it's still like every parent, it's like at yahoo.com. Like, are you still, are you really using that email address right now? I know, man. AOL Messenger. And everything yeah, AOL else. Messenger. Oh my God. They're, and yeah, they don't like, they don't have any of their, uh, all their, their firewalls are down and stuff. Oh man, I've had the amount of computers I've had to turn back in because I got a virus from, a, from an email or something like that is unreal. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of the mo is don't don't open the parent emails if you want your computer to work correctly. You're after. Yeah, I often just call them when I get an email, prompt them. Hey, did you send me something I need to look at, or do you just need to talk? Yeah, because this will kind of blow your mind, but uh, my dad doesn't have the ability to uh, tech like you know, send photos and different media and, and things like that. A lot of time, he has to email me stuff in order to communicate it to me. What do you mean he doesn't have the? He doesn't have an iPhone. I mean, he he basically like a has flip a flip phone. phone. Like he's got like a he's got a he's got a prepaid situation going on. Wait, he's got a burner phone. <laughs> Is he CIA? He's he might be, but if he's doing a good job, he's not telling me. I uh, you know who else has got a flip phone? Who's that? Warren Buffett. Does he? Dude, he does not have an iPhone or any smartphone. I think him and John Paul DeJour, like the guy who Paul Mitchell, that brand. Yeah. Like they don't have iPhones. Now, I don't know if it's because they built like enough terminal velocity where they don't need, you know, maybe all their helpers have iPhones and they don't need to actually have one. Um, But then your dad's probably in the class Warren Buffett then. Yeah. Are you well off and we don't know that? (laughs) Hey, uh, I I can't say it on here because I don't have people like banging on my door for cash, but yeah, I'm pretty rich. (laughs) (laughs) 
Jake, man, it's good to have you on. So I, um, I know we can go all day long and just jock jack in here, but Jake Martin, Chief Experience Officer here to Trey, your running company. We like to call him the customer whisperer here. Uh, awesome background, you know, founder of 87 and Free to Roam. Also, you know, I like, to, we, uh, he's our resident candle maker. Everybody I know has one of those in their company and, and we definitely have ours. And so Jake, tell us, tell the folks a little bit about yourself, kind of where you grew up, you know, some of the things you're really passionate about or you care about, um, and then how the heck you found us. Mm, yeah. Wow. It was a long road to find a tray. I, if you'd gone back 20, 15 years from now and told me, Hey, you're going to be in this room with Mike and Joseph, you're going to be on a podcast talking about customer service for a, a new shoe company that's blowing up and you're called the chief experience officer, which by the way, it's so much more official than I am. Uh, pretty cool. I like that title, right? I love that title. Uh, I would have thought it's better than, cause you actually can go out there and be like, I'm the CEO. Yeah, yeah. I can't even do that. Yeah, that's so. <laughs> that's why I came up with that title. Also, I came up with that title myself. Uh, just like you know, if I'm on a ninja, man. if I'm out with certain people, you got to look super important, right? If you want to get into clubs and stuff. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're still at that age to be going to clubs. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, yeah. I guess we could go back. We could start it all the way back in high school. Um, yeah, man. I went into high school as somebody that was super into sports. I was. A jock, I guess you could say. I was a basketball player um, through and through. That's all I did. I didn't. I didn't run at all. Um, but in between eighth and ninth grade, I our family moved, and we moved to a city that had much better basketball players than I was. So what city was it? We moved from Olympia, Washington, all the way to Denver, Colorado, a little suburb south called uh, Littleton. So uh, I hit a crossroads and uh, my mom was like, well, let's, let's go introduce you to the cross country. I was like, running? You mean like distances? <laughs> what I mean, uh, you came back and you were like, hey man, these kids are just way better than me. So I need to find something else I can crush people in. Is that like the- I didn't, I didn't make the team. Oh, okay. I tried out. Yeah, we'll call that out here right now. I didn't make the team. Uh, <laughs> Jake, by the way, for everybody who can't see him, obviously, he's tall as hell, man. So, like, it, when you say you play basketball, I don't even have to make that leap. You almost, do, I Like, for sure, you play basketball. Almost 6'3". Almost 6'3". Yeah, man. That's tall as hell because Michael and I don't even have a six in front of our number on our on our height. But it's all right. <laughs> well, I make up for it. I grab your guys's. We go grocery shopping together just so I can grab their cereal off the top yeah. shelf and That's stuff right, like man. that. Grab the shoes off the top yeah, shelf. It's a whole size 13s. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Anyways. So, yeah. So I was like, sure, mom. Uh, I'll go on a run with these guys and kind of see what's going on. Uh, sure enough, I fell in love with long distance running. I mean, it was 5K running at the time, but it was fun. I don't immediately you felt like that in, connection immediately uh i got i got so into it that within my first year i was on the varsity squad um and then you know, kind of ran throughout high school anyways just through just through kind of pivoting like that it kind of pivoted me mentally in a lot of different directions and then also throughout high school i got really into i wasn't the best at math i wasn't the best uh at science but I really, really, really grew to love. I, I started taking business classes, and it's just it just hit. Somebody was like, write a write a, a fake uh, business plan for a new restaurant. I was like, how many? I'll write six tonight. It's super fun. Um, so throughout high school, yeah, I got in, really into running, really into to business, business marketing, that kind of stuff. Um, after high school, I went to uh, Metropolitan State College, uh, which is like a subsidiary, basically, of CU Denver. Uh, same campus, 
uh, just much more affordable. Mm -hmm. So anybody looking for a slightly cheaper college, that's the one. Is it a good experience? It was a good experience. I can come out and say though that I am a college dropout. I did not finish college. Um, I just didn't quite fit into, I always had a hard time kind of fitting into the mold of like the, what, what everybody else was doing, like the traditional, like go, go to four years, get the job. I, it just didn't quite click like that for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I think through the business classes in high school and the reason I brought that up is because throughout doing that, I just kind of realized that I just kind of am wired a little differently. I need to be in charge of my own destiny. I need to be creating, I need to be making. Um, and it just didn't quite fit for me. Uh, so I then spent the better part of my twenties running multiple businesses. Uh, when I turned 20 years old, I started a moving and hauling company. I probably have never brought this up with y'all, uh, with my twin brother. It was called, uh, you call we haul. I love that. Epic, name. right? Epic name. Yeah. I mean, this clearly the marketer in you, yeah. did it work? It worked. It was great. I mean, we, that was back in the, the Craigslist heyday when it was kind of still, it was, it wasn't full of, uh, serial killers and, and creeps on there. <laughs> Uh, so we had so much, we did all of our marketing was through, through Craigslist. It was just something that was super tangible early when you're in your young twenties, you don't have a lot of, maybe you don't have a lot of capital, a lot of resources. Like we can start a business, like anybody can move and haul stuff. So your brother, like what you go in to go buy like a Penske truck or like a flatbed, like what y'all move all this stuff? Like you were moving full houses. We would, so we would just provide labor, uh, for people that already had their trucks. We would just show up and load them for them, unload them. We got to the point where we outsourced all of our labor. We were, the two of us were doing it all the time to the point where our backs were breaking. So we got the idea to put up job listings. At the time we were living up in uh, Boulder, Colorado, college town. Yeah, man. All these kids looking for work. We ended up putting up job listings on Craigslist. Hey, do you, wanna, do you want to move stuff? We had freaking, by, within two weeks we had 10 employees. I mean, they weren't full time, but we, we basically just middlemaned people going out and moving stuff and we just we just uh, locked in the jobs. So y'all are essentially, the, I mean, there's like big businesses that do that. So y'all were basically, did it yourself for a while and then you became like these brokers. Yeah. They yeah. just went out there and just like, you had like basically the connections. I'm gonna go outsource labor, find people who need it, bring them together. Yeah. And y'all just like take a cut of that. And we just, just took, and we yeah. just took a percentage. We just, uh, we charged enough to, you know, make everybody happy, fill everybody's pocket. Y'all do that for a while? We did that for like three, at least three years, I'd say. Wow, man. And it, yeah, nuts. Um, Successful? Like, it was, I mean, mild. Paid the bills? Mild. Yeah, it paid the bills. It wasn't, it wasn't a long term thing. Obviously, I'm still, I'm not still doing that. Um, but it was a really good uh, way to kind of dabble with like, what does my life look like if I don't take this like structured approach? If I don't go to college, am I capable, can I cut it? Am I capable, what do I, what am I capable of doing in a, in like an entrepreneurial uh, landscape. Uh, so it was just, it was, that was kind of like my schooling for myself. I've learned a lot through doing that. Um, how did y'all get, like, what, was it referrals? Like, how did y'all get repeat business? Like, what would, what did y'all special sauce that got people to either come back or recommend? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure who y'all are moving. If it was a bunch of college kids, you're moving their dorms. They probably don't care. But if it's people who do care about their stuff, people are always worried about like, dude, are these guys going to break something. Like, how, what was the reason they kept y'all in business for three years? Uh, because it was all students. We promoted that heavily. Um, like you're helping, like, hey, by doing this, you help students? You're helping students that could use the money so that they can get through school. That's and, cool. And man. it wasn't in a bad way. Like, we were actually trying to 
do that. It was, it was very helpful to all these kids. Um, yeah, I think, and I think just the age alone, even if some of them, you know, because there was like myself and, and my twin were not in school at the time. It, I think people just wanted to help out young people that were looking to, that were trying really hard, you know? Yeah. Uh, it was it was unique. We did break things from time to time. What happened there? You just pay people for it? Yeah, they either take it out of your cut or they're super nice and they don't they don't charge you for it. We didn't break any uh, china glass or anything. What's so. the worst thing you ever broke or the best thing you ever broke? Uh, worst thing we ever broke was a TV, like a flat screen. Back then it was like flat skins were super fancy. It wasn't every, not everybody had like the a plasma. Super nice, yeah. yeah, the plasma. Y'all remember that? The plasma. Yep. So what, wait, what did they just say it's fine or do you have to pay for that one? We did not have to pay for that. Thank God. What? Thank God. I mean, you know, they know they paying know. for some nesting dolls or something like that. You didn't end up paying for the TV. I think they, know, they knew when you're showing up, you're young. They're like, uh, you know, we're paying, we're getting what we pay for here. You know, even though we were providing good service, it was what it was. But, um, anyways, yeah. After that, um, both of my brothers are super into music. Uh, they're both musicians. I didn't quite have that gene. I tried to play trumpet in middle school and quickly became the the last seat, the last chair. I guess they called it. Um, I didn't even have my own trumpet. I had to borrow the trumpet that was in the front of the classroom. It was in a box that everybody could use. At the time, I was like, no big deal. Now I'm like, as a, I'm kind of... Oh, old. man. So you're like, everybody's spit was on it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. If anybody knows Jake... No, if you, yeah, if you know me, I am How a, did you even get close to that? For people who don't know, Jake is pristine right now. Jake's one of the most organized... He's a minimalist. I could say that, right? Absolutely. I don't know that that's an offensive word. I just want to make sure I don't tag you something wrong. You're minimalist, super clean. Like none of his stuff's got brain wear on it. Everything's pristine. Very tidy, squared away guy. And you were on people's spit, man. Yeah. Well, I've come a long way, I would say. Uh, but anyways, yeah, the music gene uh, was not in my blood. But I love music. And so I decided to start this. Like 2010, there was like this little boom, this like micro boom of music blogs. Like Tumblr was getting big, Blogspot. Oh yeah. Um, and I needed in on that, and because I had pretty good taste, I think I was kind of not to like toot my own horn, but I feel like when I was going to parties and hanging out with friends, like I kind of became the person that they would go to to like put on the playlist or what's the new music that's out. I kind of drove the narrative through our friend group, uh, so I kind of had a sense of music just through my older brother's taste and my twin brother. Uh, so I started a music blog. Uh, just for fun, just to like share it with everybody. So they had a place to go get it without having to come to me all the time. Yeah. Uh, within three years, that spawned into me meeting a ton of people that were doing the exact same thing all over the world, as far as Australia, the UK. Um, and we formed a conglomerate of, we took all the blogs and we put them in one place called Portals Music. And it was just, we. our vision at the time was to kind of create the next pitchfork, but for much smaller bands, give an opportunity to people that, can't break through that level like pitchfork rolling stone whatever yeah man um we i ended up doing that for the the latter half of my 20s we ended up getting sponsored by mailchimp the the newsletter app oh yeah um along with uh, a, a few other people including uh, brothers bar which are all familiar with I oh yeah no that's awesome man i mean so what was i mean what's the Maybe explain to some of the listeners there that maybe are not as familiar with Pitchfork and what you were doing even before the conglomerate kind of came together. Like how does, explain kind of the whole premise behind why that, why that is actually a business, something you could, you know, turn into currency, so to speak. It isn't just words, even though it is, it's really, you know, yeah. deep dives and stuff, but maybe kind of explain the business model behind it so people understand like, why is that, why was Jake doing that for years? Yeah, and I didn't go into it thinking that it was something that could be lucrative. 
uh, on a monetary level. Um, but at the time it was, it, the, the blog, the blog boom was just that it was a boom. And so it carried value. The, the information carried a lot of value at the time because that's, it was as though like Instagram just opened up. It was, it seemed to have that kind of buzz. Um, to where to the point where we were getting such high viewership that we had people reaching out to us asking hey can we put our name like can we put our name can we put our logo can we have ad space on your site because we're the right demographics here and you're getting you're getting the views this is a perfect uh, opportunity for both parties uh, so that's kind of where how that worked out and we were throwing we we then spawned it into throwing live events too. So with a lot of the bands and the artists that we were promoting on the website, we were throwing events at South by Southwest, CMJ in New York, which was kind of the South by Southwest of New York City. New York, yeah. Um, and then just like little one-off shows around the country. Those were perfect for sponsors to put their stickers and their their pamphlets and their t-shirts and whatever else, what other kind of uh, tchotchkes they had uh, out for display. So that's kind of the how the partnerships worked. That's kind of where it began to began to hold value. Finding these people that you ended up kind of teaming up with, how did you build trust? I mean, I'd imagine that some names, you know, a lot of uh, folks would just say, hey, Jake's a good dude, you should, we should do this together. But when you start bringing all those kinds of folks together and trying to create something that feels unified, how did y'all make sure you're on the same page? Ooh, it took time. <laughs> it took time. You probably had some ones that you guys were like, we gotta get rid of this dude. Yeah, well, and for the 20 people that did come on board, there were, a hundred that didn't, that didn't make the cut. And I hate to say it like that. It wasn't, it's not like we had some sort of like leverage over anybody, but it, like as the people that were starting it, we wanted to go with, with a certain voice. So after building all the relationships, we really just went with like the 20 people that we were the closest with. We trusted everybody's ear. Mm -hmm. it, it wasn't necessarily based around like the viewership, the ratings they had individually. It was just who do, who do we get along with the most? You know, who, who can we build this thing with? We'll get the ratings, but who's got the who's got an interesting voice? Who's got an interesting ear, and who do we get along with? Who, um, obviously, along the way, people fell off, or you know, relationships can can get weird here and there. But all in all, it was awesome, awesome, awesome experience. Did you, know? you guys have particular like like what's your go to music? What's the stuff that you typically like to blog or review? Uh, like indie rock. Uh, uh, let's call it experimental R&B. Okay. Uh, just like experimental music. Just yeah, weird, yeah. kind of off the cuff, off the, you know, just kind of bizarro. Yeah. It's not going to be, I'm not, you're not going to see me posting like, although I like Carly Rae Jepsen, you're not going to see me posting that kind of like top 40 stuff on there. You're going to go a little bit deeper on some of the things that maybe people aren't thinking or looking at. It's going to be artists that you can only find, on, at the time, you could only find on like SoundCloud yeah. or Bandcamp or... I mean, they were even they were even sharing their just links on Facebook. You know what I mean? So what? So what did you find when you wrote about stuff? Obviously, people would come back. I mean, you guys were building something fairly successful here. Successful. Like, what's the reason that people like me who would be reading stuff like you would come? Maybe just talk about you specifically. Like, why? What was your hook? What was your reason that people would continue, from your perspective, continue to read your stuff? It I'm was sure so, you just weren't like this is a great song. Yeah, done. No, we we definitely had our voice. It was fun too because everybody that did come on brought their own their own fan base in, and so they kind of had you know you kind of it's like going to any news source or or listening to any podcast. You have the certain people, the certain personalities that you kind of gravitate to, right? So you some people would come and they kind of gravitated towards my voice, and if maybe if they if I wasn't hitting for them, they had nineteen other options. Mm -hmm. um, but I think more. I mean, we did have good writing. I think it was fun, but. 
more than that, it was just like con the consistent quality, in my opinion, of the music we were sharing at the time was what drove people back. Oh, so you were you would say the content itself, being that you were finding uh, music that was probably good and stood alone on itself, you were finding those and then just kind of highlighting them further. Yeah, and 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 not even to say like oh, it was good, it was definitively good, but it was stuff you weren't finding anywhere else. We were we would spend countless hours just like sifting through random random like feeds of friends on their personal pages we were like deep diving the web to just try to find this random link from like joe schmo who shared his his like one-off single on his grandparents like facebook page and we just like hit them up and be like this is awesome can we share it we were just finding like you know really really obscure stuff i i think that's the stuff that's probably not appreciated out there in the market is when you think about uh you see these folks that start a, now it's probably like a YouTube channel or something like that, what you guys were kind of doing back then, you know, people reviewing something or whatever. But the amount of work, it's not just, oh, Jake's getting on there five seconds before he films and he's just going to go ahead and start, you know, blogging something, whatever he thinks. There's a ton of work if you want to do it right, mm -hmm. right? The folks who are mainly followed or, or have a following put a ton of work into that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you mentioned deep diving into, that's the stuff we all care about, stuff we can't Google on our own, right? Something about, uh, this this song was buried way deep, and the reason it was buried way deep is because so and so, you know, made a promise to their grandfather they would never share that because of this one line in the verse about something that happened in their child. I mean, like people can go deep if you, it's. I mean, it's almost like investigative okay. journalism, right? With that oh, yeah. kind of stuff, absolutely is. Um, yeah, there's something to be said. Everybody wants to have that exclusivity. You know, you want to feel like you were the first or something. That is the special thing with music, right? The first time you heard it, yeah. whether even if it's something big. So like the fact that we were kind of able to harness that feeling across the board, that's, that's really what did it. Um, so what happened after music or after blogging? After music, it got, it was like you said, it was a lot of work. It became so much work that I stopped loving music. Like I entirely stopped listening to music. I don't even think by the end with the, people don't realize the last six months, I wasn't even enjoying listening to music. And I'm someone who's going to be, doesn't matter what I'm doing. Like I need to be, I need to know that I like, I believe in what I'm doing. And if that goes to the wayside, it's got to, it needs to stop. And Is so, it because of burnout or because you legitimately kind of just lost your taste for music? It was burnout. It, okay. it, and it, I, I couldn't tell at the time. Uh, but it did, it was, it did turn out to be burnout. Um, I'm happy to say that I'm a, a huge music lover again. Yeah, there you all go, this, man. You're back. Later. It didn't take long. I mean, it took, it took like a year cause I've been doing it so much. Um, but it's, I'm happy to, to not be trying to make it my job and, and to just enjoy it for what it is at this point. Yeah. Um, so after that, uh, and I'll try to get through this as quick as possible. I know I'm fine. No, no, you're I'm, good, man. I got all this. this. Good. My twenties were all over the place as far as like trying to find my way in this, the, again, going back to the kind of the entrepreneurial spirit, the kind of startup spirit. Um, after that, I moved to Colorado. Uh, I kind of did my, had my Bonavir moment and I moved up into a cabin in the woods by myself. I spent a lot of time alone for a year. And it was the best year of my life. So you were kind of doing that before like van life and everything became cool. Yeah. I highly recommend it. If you can hand, if, unless you're like a crazy, crazy social person, I guess I tend to be a kind of an introvert, but it was a really telling and fun uh, and insightful experience. I mean, what, what, uh, what kind of stuff did you discover about yourself that you were like, I, I never would have known that if I didn't do the, what I just did? Everything. <laughs> okay i mean like yeah uh it's just it was just kind of a spiritual journey i don't even know how i'd even go into it um i think i just 
through doing so many things in my 20s, I was having an identity crisis moment and there's nothing like finding, there's, there's no better way to find yourself than to go up in the, into a cabin in the woods by yourself. You have no one else to confront by yourself. So. What are you doing? Like you just like, you'd make a, like you just, uh, so you're alone and unafraid up there hanging yeah. out and what are you doing? You're just like going into town. Just, you're probably like interacting very minimally to get like sustenance and stuff. And then you just come and come back and, yeah. and stare at a tree. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of dramatic, but like my mom lived about 20 minutes away. So I yeah. did, I was able to go like go down and see her and like, I could drive down to Denver. Right. It was, I mean, I was only like an hour away from Denver, but, uh, if I wanted, if I wanted to see people, but, um, but yeah, generally, I mean, literally just up in the middle of nowhere, you can't, it was pins and needles. You couldn't hear it anything just the wind blown that quiet couldn't there was no light nothing it was beautiful it was a really good time um like what's a scary thing you learn about yourself out there don't first of all don't watch horror movies up there by yourself oh i'm sure <laughs> <laughs> uh the scary thing i learned about myself is that i could probably do that for my entire life like if i really wanted to i i have it in me to go be a like kind of a hermit really i could do it easily it, what about that? I mean, is it because you don't have to, it, there's like, it's because you don't have to see people or is it because you don't have to, this is so weird, right? Because you're like literally the guy in our company that probably sees the most people mm-hmm. and talks to the most people. So I'm curious, like what about that uh, felt like something you could do forever? I mean, and again, it's not something I could actually do forever, but uh, just when you're in the rat race, like we've talked about earlier with social media moving so fast, um, it just it, it it that that like that feeling you have on the on a friday where you're exhausted after a long week and you're like you just are envisioning the 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 corona beer commercials and you're like i just want to be on that beach right mm-hmm. now it felt like that all the time wow you know what i mean like yeah it felt like that level of peace and quiet uh all the time so i was like yes i could definitely do this yeah <laughs> but then but you know i deep down i'm i'm someone that likes to hustle and I have that entrepreneurial spirit. And so eventually, inevitably, back down into the city. You headed back out. Yep. And then what'd you do then? Moved back to Austin, Texas, where I quickly uh, got myself a... Well, no, oh, another thing happened before that. Yeah. Uh, my, before I moved back from uh, Colorado, I'll just do a quick one on this one. I opened a small uh, candle and home goods shop. Uh, we mentioned that I'm a huge candle fanatic. Um, so... It's because your time in the woods, you probably like need to oh, have yeah. light. Bye. Yeah. Always about candles, man. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that was super fun for the year. Then I drove uh, drove myself back down to Austin, uh, continued to do candles for a while with my twin brother under the the title 87, the year I was born. Mm-hmm. Uh, after which I was like, I need to break from that too. Um, and that's that's where Mike comes in. That's where I got a job at a running store in Austin called Rogue. Uh, just as like, it was like, it was as simple as, all right, check the box. I love to run. Check the box. It's a cool spot. Check the box. I love the community here. And where do I sign? <laughs> it's kind of a binary decision. You weren't like, I mean, you've done so much in your life, it sounds like so far. You were probably just like, here's some basic things. I'm going to get right into it and then see what happens after yeah, that. Yeah, it was really, it was almost... Similar in a lot of ways to Mike going in there. I feel like obviously he was going in to you know kind of feel out what it's what the industry looks like and things Do like that. R&D. But to just yeah. have a situation that was a little bit more stripped down, a little bit more black and white, like really simple. 
so that I could figure out what my next move might be. Cause I had created, I had realized I was like, okay, well, I don't know exactly what I want to do, but I, over the last 10 to 15 years, I have accumulated all of these miscellaneous skills that I don't quite know how they piece together yet. So I need some time to like figure that out. And so I jumped into working at Rogue and like, like a freaking fairy tale movie, I meet Mike who's starting this crazy shoe company and the pieces all fall into place. Right? Wild. Like it's weird, all my twenties, ping, 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 ping. Dude, ping. they never write the dots. Never. I was talking to somebody the other day. I was talking to a young guy, man. He's like, all. Oh, he actually reminds us all of us, like probably what we were like when we were 20, 21. And I was like, the dots never connect looking forward. Never. Mm-hmm. Like you look forward and you're like, I have no idea what's going to make of it. When you look back, it looks so pretty and eloquent. Yeah. Right. Um, I imagine everything you did up until meeting Michael now kind of makes sense that those skills, like everything you just described for the likes some on minutes, I'm all like, I totally get why you're really badass at what you do right now. But like, as you were probably doing it, it probably made no, like when you were in the woods, you were like probably thought, why the hell am I doing any of this stuff? It made, it, none of it made sense the whole way until it all made sense. Yeah. That's awesome, man. So you find Michael start this we you know we get wrapped into this thing yeah. and i mean did you i uh did you de facto just become the this is the funny part of, like for those who don't know jake obviously that well the listeners out there uh when you said you're introverted you like your time your space and stuff like dealing with customers i mean i mean all due respect for all you listening out there especially those of you customers but y'all can be a, like app it can be a messy messy process dealing with y'all because imagine Think about it. Think about what Thanksgiving dinner is like with family problems times like a million people, right? Like this is, everybody's different. They act differently. Some people care about things. Some people don't care about things. Some folks want to interact via email for your phone call. Some folks want to send a pigeon. I mean, it's like, and so you imagine that level of chaos and Jake becomes our guy who's going to go handle that. Yeah. Do you like it? Do you like what you do? Trust me, your job secures. I'm just curious. Like, do you like what you do? I'm looking at Mike right now. Is it secure? <laughs> <laughs> Also, before we get going into this, I love y'all. I love y'all. We're just being real. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. I swear it ends. Um, I love it, man. I mean, again, you catch me on a Friday night, I might be like, oh man, I need a break from these people. Yeah. But I love it, man. I The energy that, and it might be different in a different industry if we were selling like storage containers or something. You know, I don't care who cares about storage containers, but our athletes are incredibly generous kind uh badass can we cuss on here is that a customer of course man yeah uh individuals and i'm inspired by them i we all are and uh so i feel blessed to be able to communicate to be able to be the communicator the the like the the point for all this specific demographic of people yeah like not you know, unreal pinch me about that yeah. i i think it's an interesting point you make about you said industry and i'd like to Maybe before we dive into industry and why that's important, because I think you've mentioned a lot of things you've done in your life and how those things would be very different selling storage containers versus, you know, selling, you know, high performance running shoes uh, to people who are passionate. But like when you think about the spectrum, maybe for our listeners out there, I think everybody thinks customer service is like the little link at the bottom of the website that everybody clicks that says contact us. Like that's kind of the level of customer service. But that spectrum is enormous. I mean, you go from call center or automated message to 
I'm gonna brag on us. I mean, our level of customer service is intimate. We answer every social media post. We answer every weird phone call at three in the morning, want to talk about puppies. Uh, we answer, you know, all kinds of stuff. And so you got that spectrum there. Like, how do you define when you think customer service from a just a business standpoint, Jake? Like, how do you define what that means and how our listeners should kind of bucketize that a little bit further than just the contact us at the bottom of the website? I mean, I view, I'll just kind of answer it as like, I view my job. Uh, I, I kind of, I take the the Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James course, and I just show up. I I can't say that I'm the first one in the gym and the last one to leave because I work with Mike and Joseph, but who, who seem to get there before I do <laughs> every time. <laughs> but I, that's the approach that I take every day. I, there, there is no... There is no like hidden secret. There is no like secret key or code. It's just show up for your people who show up for you and and do the work and do it to the best of your ability and and do it the way you'd want it done for yourself. Like you said earlier before, there is a lot of customer service out there that's just MIA, non-existent. You're talking to a brick wall. When you're investing all of your time and, and money and resources into these people that don't clearly care about you, I want to provide something that gives you the opposite effect um, than that. What keeps you holding on to that? Like, is there something like I, for anybody, I wish, I mean, I wish you had a brain chip I could trade to a lot of folks right now because they would be immediately exhausted. I mean, just tapped out. How do you, how do you keep that in your heart the whole time to just give a hoot that much? Care about what we're doing. I mean, as long as I'm invested in what we're providing and what we're creating and what, uh, we're doing here at Atreyu, I'm a hundred, I'm all in. Um, and that's what drives me. That's what gives me my energy source. That is my energy source. Um, and, uh, I mean, it's hard sometimes. I mean, maybe we'll just air it out in here cause we're super transparent Let's all do the it, time. Man. Yeah. There were six, what, six or seven months ago, Mike and I got into it one time. The only time we've ever gotten into it. It was good though. I think it was once. Yeah. One time, only time. Yeah. I, we just had i mean we you're not lying we respond if you can look too it's written it's on paper on the internet we've responded to every single instagram post dm uh tagged post every yacht every review of our shoe every email everything we've there's not one that's gone through i can safely say i'll put everything i own on it which isn't much but <laughs> i'll put it on there dang it uh yeah where, where was i going with that um you were saying, I mean, you, you know, there's not, you said you and Mike were getting into it. Yeah, yeah. We, it's how we intense did, it gets. It does get really intense. And we did get into it one time. And I think that it was good, man. Like, it was exhausting. Yeah, what was it about? Like, what was the, what was the pinch point? Yeah, we, we had, uh, we were responding to everything and it was coming in so fast that it was, it had kind of engulfed our existence. Like, that truly, it's, that is not an exaggeration. It was, it was breakfast, lunch, and dinner was responding to people. And we had set no boundaries. That's what's like the important part. We had, we had set no boundaries for ourselves and for our customers, um, which isn't saying we don't care about our customers, but it's like setting healthy borders, right? So the best thing that came out of that conversation other than like a stronger relationship with Mike, yeah, which it was, was that we were like, let's set boundaries. And the first thing we did, which we still have today, I'm sure a lot of you have seen it, is uh is what they call a vacation responder it's a very simple saturday and sunday even though we're still responding to y'all 
all throughout the weekend as much as we can. It's just a simple, hey, we're taking a little bit of time to, to recharge our engines and uh, we'll get back to you as soon as, as soon as possible. The minute we put that in, change the landscape of customer service for us. You mean internally? Like internally and externally. We set, the, we, set a new tone. we set a new tone. Yeah. So th- let's get into that, actually. That's a really interesting point. This is something that I'm always curious about. We talk about this often, conditioning the customer, right? And how you don't, you always want to go out with your, you always want to make your best first impression and you want to be able to sustain that impression, i.e., we're talking to everybody, mm-hmm. right? But then it comes literally at personal health, right? I will say that with no hesitation. And if you think about what a company is for all our listeners out there, for those of you that may or may not be running companies or involved in one at this level, a company to me quite simply is defined as a group of people, a family, a team that literally is banding together. And if all done right, trying to create good value for the world. Right. And so the way I describe that, if you think about your own families, that's essentially what a company is. We just happen to be doing, you know, shoes or whatever. You guys are trying to be doing your own family stuff and going to church and vacate, whatever those things are. But that's what it is. It's a team of people. And so to me, hearing Jake talk about, hey, you know, we had to put a vacation responder in there because we were literally burning out, right, on doing that. I can imagine there's somebody who, if they'd never heard that story before, they would say, Oh man, vacation responder, look at this load of crap company, man. Like typical, not working, passing the buck, right? Doing something that just, yeah, yeah, I, I could do this. If all I had to do is do automated meshes all day, I just sell fancy pants shoes and just get it done. I mean, so my question to you is like, how do you, what's your thoughts on conditioning the customer? Because I'm always very hypersensitive about what it is that we, it's almost like, a, I mean, it's, it's almost like a drug you're selling the customer. If you get them used to too much of something, then you've conditioned them to expect it. And then the time that you don't do that, even if it's for good reason, I'm always concerned that you're going to be seen as the bad guy, as the right. antagonist. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Like, how do you, what's the balance? Is it a dance? Are there some hard and fast rules, you know, that we've taken as a company you think that's made it better? Yeah. And actually, interestingly enough, when we did launch that, uh, vacation responder we had some people i won't name name i won't name any names on here uh that close to us that that said it was uh not a good idea that it looked like you know we were giving up in a way or, or not working, not working as hard which i want everybody to know if you ever see anything if we ever implement something there is a lot of conversation and there's a lot of reason behind it we don't just do things for the sake of doing things we did that because we were completely tapped so we're still putting in a hundred, but we have to sometimes set set that tone. So just know that it, 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 we haven't changed our our uh, work ethic one bit. Yeah, I think we're just working a little smarter than harder. Um, yeah, as far as to uh, answer your question of conditioning, so to speak, that was that kind of set the, that kind of set the tone before then. Mike and I, I mean, again, won't name any. We we have we have we've had certain customers that they're 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 messaging us six times. They were messaging us six ten times a day. It was like, all right, it's not am. Here comes that first message. We know it's coming. And then there and then by the end of the day, you know exactly what their kid had for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and what grade they got in math that day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, hey, so yeah, so let's paint the picture. Like I'm not talking about. Hey, Jake, uh, order to seven and a half. It was supposed to be an eight. 
That to me, like that's table stakes. Give me like the weird stuff. Like go through a couple weird ones, man. I want people to feel like the level of customer service and patience you put into this whole program. Yeah, that's literally one of them is I had someone reach out to me over a period of a few weeks. I mean, it could have, it could have been a month or so. And they were, they were bringing, yeah, they were bringing up their family. They were talking about their kid. It started with talking about what shoe they need, but then by the end of it, and this was, again, this was just, this was a learning process of like getting to the end and being like, we can't continue to work like this isn't, this isn't being, this is not the way to do it. But by the end of it, yeah, it was a person who was telling me every single day what happened to their kid, like what they were up to, if they had gotten sick or a bad grade or like what they ate for breakfast. It was just getting weird. You know what I mean? Like I didn't know why How'd it was getting so personal. That? How'd we bow out of that one? Or do respectfully, of so, course. Well, <laughs> there was one time I was very respectful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm serious. Like, how do you break ties? That's yeah. My I think everybody something. would definitively answer this. That's weird, man. Right? That's just that's that's. It gets to the point where like they've like created like they're like they like fell in love with a robot, right? It's kind of that. It's what you just basically. Just, I mean, how do yeah. you bow? How we bow out of that? Um. Or have we well, tried? I'm not as graceful as Jake. That's why I don't do this. Do it like what he does is good to see him. There was uh, yeah, I'll keep, I'll keep it short. But actually, had a uh, there was one fight over the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, the day we launched, some guys the sh- said, or the can- shoes came out. Now, basically, just some guy said that uh, what we were doing was was wrong. I, I don't even understand it, and I just kind of went off. I was like, you have no idea how hard we're working. You have no idea what Jake's like, okay, I'm going to take the phone back. And then uh, there was another guy that just kind of, or guy or gal, I'll uh, not, you know, um, was worried about sizing for a, a literal like three or four months, maybe six months, and uh, was pinging all of our friends about, hey, got the shoes. Did they work for you? Are they all right? Is my investment going to be? Yeah, yeah. Uh, are the shoes they're literally $75 <laughs> get them and try them it's, it's running like just do your thing so I said basically I was like look we're gonna have to stop talking we spent hours talking to you and we don't have that time it's not fair to spend on anybody else and that's was yeah. one of the points where we were just like what the yeah Mike and I take a good cop bad cop approach <laughs> I, I, I take the same good pro- cop extreme cop yeah. yeah yeah I'm like the cop on green tea <laughs> that's right that's right he comes in real hot and then I come in the room trying to be the real nice guy about it. No, uh, I, I, I say like I, I, my graceful approach is that I had to learn to take what, let's say in, an, in, a, in a situation where a month down the road, I've learned everything about this person's family history, family tree is, um, hey, I have not, not, not word for word, not verbatim, but I have a job that I have to do that I'm currently doing. This, this is not my, this is not my like free time on my social, on my personal social. I need to get back to work and, 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 and end this, this chat. You have to kind of like break up, break up with them in this, like this chat. We're like, not break up with them, but just say, if you're going to reach back out, it needs to be for specifically for an order or, or like a question relating to the business. I have to, we have to get back to what we are doing. You just have to draw a line in the sand. And it's okay to do that. It was really hard to do that at first. The reason we got ourselves into so many situations is because you don't want to let anybody down because they really, at the end of the day, they really, it's cool that they care about what we're doing, right? That we're even in a position where we have people doing that is like absurd, right? Like that we've, we've built this 
this this brand that people are that passionate about that they care about us on a personal level. So it was really hard to do because you didn't want to let anybody down, but we had to learn that you weren't letting them down. And actually by ripping off that bandaid, they did they they take it really well. And you just got to you just got to let them know. So they don't know yet. Yeah. So that's kind of the approach we take. It's like a vacation responder individually. <laughs> What's um I mean, what do you want? What do we want folks to know? I mean, there's, there's so, here's, here's a, here's a thought that's going through my brain. Do you ever think that the folks we talk to are like, like only 1%, you know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. Like the folks who talk or comment or whatever, that's just 1%. And as a business, like you would, when you think about it, very like just black and white in this regard, you wonder, are we doing, are we spending too much time in that 1%? Like, what does that matter? Cause I always wonder if, you know, how many, and maybe the other people don't care, but if it is, you know, what percentage do you think of folks we're actually engaging with, uh, or most businesses are engaging with, and of that percentage, is it, you know, is it fair that we spend that much time? Yeah, uh, the answer, the quick answer to that is no, it's not fair that we spend that much time. And I believe it is only 1%. And I probably would, I get pretty blacked out sometimes, and I just do my job really well, and I just go, 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 and I bulldoze. Mike's really, really good about, taking a step back in which he did taking a step back and being like, Hey, this is how we've been doing things for a while, which is great. But like, have we ever thought about maybe doing them a little better or a little, just a little differently. And we like save ourselves all this stress that we've like, how do we elevate our game? Um, and he's the one that brought up the idea of like, I'm pretty sure if we look back, cause we're, if we open our, if we like actually like rub our eyes and look back at the list, it is 1%. It is like a small fraction of the people that are like engaging that much that we're that we're waste that we're spending all of our our time on so i think that yeah we after that huddle and maybe mike can speak to it more we once we realized that we we're like oh yeah we need to refocus our attention towards towards new growth like take you know answer their questions accordingly if it makes sense but we need to focus on 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 what's ahead what do you like what's a you've done a couple businesses jake like what's our responsibility as we grow right like when you uh, Math would tell you that as you get bigger, you know, to have this level of intimate, even what we at the vacation responder, I would argue, like if anybody who's brand new to a trade you right now came into the company and looked at what our feed looks like or what our emails that go out, and if you call, you actually get a real person who answers the phone. I would argue that anybody would come out there and say, that is world-class. And I'm not just patting ourselves, but like that is, it's like the most intimate, most engaging customer service. I mean, not even your grandmother answers the phone that much to when you call them. And so my question is, it's like, what's our responsibility growing to continue that level? Because as you can imagine, you know, that's 45 Jake's Yeah. that we got to figure out how to go source and find. And, and is that, is that right? I mean, I think we're, we're in the process of cloning me, right? We are. Is yeah, yeah, a, yeah. We just invested. We, we actually said, no, nah, don't worry about the new ratio or new uh, base models or any of those shoes. We're actually buying the clone machine. Yeah, sorry. We have no shoes coming out. That clone machine was very expensive. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be worth it, though. Yeah. They're going to make the shoes, too. We're going to call we're gonna them that. Yeah, we're going to call Actually, our new product is Jake. We're going to sell him. The Jake. Yeah, to the Jake. to be enterprise-wide. Oh, man. That's a tricky one. I mean, of course. Because right. I talk about the bat. Like, the go call any big mega bank right now. Mm -hmm. And if you're lucky to get anybody on the phone, they're literally, they're, they got a script. Mm -hmm. If you're lucky, most likely nobody's going to answer. Right. And you're just like, well, of course, because they got 400 million customers. Right. right. So my question to you, like, what's our responsibility doing that? 
I think our responsibility on that front, I mean, I would, in a perfect world, it would be incredible to, and right now it seems so attainable because where we're at, but it would be amazing to scale the, the not scale it, it identically, but, but keep that ethos alive moving forward. Like how do we keep that, like that very intimate response system when we scale to being very large company? Mm-hmm. Kind of blows my mind sometimes to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, to a certain extent, I mean, I, I, I'm someone also, and we've spoken to this a few times in this, that I hate, it's like my least favorite thing to do is to reach out to a company that I know isn't going to reach back, that I know I'm just throwing my message down a deep black hole for no one to see. Like it's, there, there's no worse feeling, right? You feel helpless. And I never, how do we, I never want our customers our athletes to feel helpless towards getting information, towards getting the information that they need in order to have a healthy experience uh, with Atreya. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know all the answers to that yet. I think that I also have a hard time believing, and maybe I need to go <laughs> internet at large uh, at Nike for a minute, but or uh, we can cut that out uh, at a bigger <laughs> company. Um, and see how they do. But I, I find it really hard to believe that uh, these larger companies can't find a way to have even a fraction of the response abilities that we do. I just find it hard to believe that they can't, they can't figure it out. I really, I really feel confidently that we will be able to keep a, a percentage of, of this ethos alive when we get bigger. It just takes show again, it takes showing up, show up and do your job and, respond to people, it's really not that difficult to do if you just show up, right? It's that simple. Um, so is it good enough, you think, for the customer? Like you said, say, um, name big brand out there, brand, big brand X turns on just 20% more. Like, all right, we'll do 20% of what a trade, or what a, you know, some of these smaller companies and or these upcomings or whatever, people who've got great customer service, we'll just mm-hmm. turn it up a little bit. Is the customer, I might get the customer in some ways might say, yeah, it's, I see what they did. They basically, that's just janky. Like, yeah, I see what they're trying to do, but we all know that ain't good enough. You know, we all know they're just, they're just faking it or just showing a quick show to just keep us at bay. Um, I mean, is that what they're going to say? I hope not. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I don't, I don't know how to answer that question. Exactly. I mean, my thought that goes in there and I, I, this is a cool part about being people like ourselves and other folks are listening right now who are running their own things. What's funny is that everybody runs, everybody who runs an organization or customer experience or whatever is also a customer themselves in one way, shape or form, right? We buy things in this world. Everybody is also a customer. And I mean, I'll tell you from when I was 18 years old to now, you know, running and having multiple kind of, you know, organizations running and businesses going and stuff like that. My level of appreciation for not overreacting at the waitress at the restaurant who missed my order, uh, because I probably know what's going on in the back kitchen right now. And I can tell she's flustered and there isn't a whole lot of, you know, there's probably, maybe she got, maybe she's recently got divorced or breakup or something, or she can't pay the bills. And so maybe she's stressed out. So me overreacting to her right now is probably not helpful. Or, you know, I think about, you know, the person, the customer service person on the other side of the phone who literally can't change strategy for a company, but I'm just yelling at them because I'm frustrated. 
And so my, you know, my level of understanding of that has gone up. But my guess is that by and large, our society's understanding of that has not. And I, I'm not saying that they need to give throw corporations and businesses a bone. What I am saying is, is there is there an education gap that we could do better about informing folks? Like, what is that? I mean, it, what would Jake say? Like, how could we make this relationship because more symbiotic and get folks to really understand that these are literally human beings on the other side? There's no doubt there's bad companies out there. But I think by and large, most companies are trying to do the right thing. Yeah. And they're trying to do it the best they can. Right? Because for every other, if I want to continue to stay into, this is the other thing I think about. If I want to continue to stay intimate in my customer service, that means I don't get to put as much money in Jake's pocket because I got to hire more people. Right? And so that means that at some point, I have to do less for my own team in order for the other folks who we love absolutely to benefit from it. And at some point, when does that not become okay? Yeah, well, and I think that we've set ourselves up to be able to handle and approach those situations really well. Um, I think people are used to us putting out our State of the Union addresses, right? We're very transparent. I mean, you're going to hear it in here about what we're up to and what we do and why we change things, why we do things, whatever. Um, I think when we get to a certain spot where we will be able, we will, have, I hate to, to use the conditioning, but we will have kind of driven the narrative in such a direction that people will trust that we are now providing this different type of customer service for a reason, you know, and, and they'll, they'll, they'll believe it and they'll understand it and they'll grasp it because of all of this communication that's leading up to that point. That's kind of how I see customer service. I, I don't see it as like a black hole of like, why, why am I doing the same thing? I'm responding with the same thing over and over and over again. I am helping this customer and myself build a relationship side in the future. We don't have to talk as much so that they know exactly what's going on. I have helped educate them so that they can handle all of the pivots down the road. So I'm, and then I'm bringing on a new bunch next month. Yeah. And then I'm teaching, I'm teaching classes, right? They're like in the Jake 101, Professor Jake. And then, I, and then I'm, they're graduating and they're ready to handle whatever we bring their way and they'll trust us and That's we'll have freaking a good relationship. Cool. So you're setting, you're setting a foundation. Right. Uh, for folks, you're building that. So you're saying I'm I'm good with investing all this time and effort at the beginning because at some point, I'm gonna stop needing to do that. Yeah. Right. And I'm not gonna have to go ahead and worry about you know doing. That's interesting, man. I think that that's uh, incredible. What a, if you, I mean, who's gonna win in the long run? Just from a business standpoint, who's gonna win? You know, is it gonna be in customer service in particular? Right. What companies are gonna win? The ones that respect their customers enough to you know because I mean, you gotta understand the customer is investing in you right they're, they're taking what they could put somewhere else and they're putting in you you got to remember that that's really important and and really special so give it back <laughs> give them that same that same uh respect mm -hmm. right to a certain extent so the ones that are going to win or have that mindset. Absolutely. Um, and just and just staying cool, calm, and collected. Going back to never knowing what the customer is up to. There's a million times where I want to go off the chain and say some crazy stuff to people get really upset. I, For example, I had this woman, and I hope it's okay to say it. I don't know. Who's, I'm not going to say her name because I don't remember her name. But um, she reached out one day and got really upset over it. We had, I think we had accidentally sent her the wrong size shoe or something like that. And she just went off on me. Like I had done something just crazy. And I, and I, and I had, I had just said like, Hey, we're going to take care of you. No big deal. There's more where that came from. 
uh, she just like went off. And uh, but I kept my calm the whole time, like kept the relationship correct, like went down the correct narrative. And the next day she reached back out. I just handled my business, handled it, got her taken care of. And the next day she reached back out and she said, uh, I'm really sorry my brother passed away from COVID like a couple days ago. So I'm just not in the right state of mind. Wow. So just trying always to be cognizant that everybody's got a story. Everybody's going through something. Stay patient. And hopefully by uh, pro projecting that, um, they'll, they'll, they'll do it in return. That's awesome, Jake. I'd... I, I think uh, you definitely possess a special sauce that I think we get handicapped for, or we, we de um, maybe that's not the right way to describe it, but I think we're, um, if everybody could have a Jake in their company, I think that they would probably be much better off. But I do think that that is a special, that's kind of who Jake is. And I think finding those kind of folks to help run these type of uh, things in your, in your company, in your firm, on you, whatever it might be that you're doing is incredible. I, kind of some of the last thoughts that I had here and, and I'd like to give you just some time to kind of, you know, maybe close this out, but just going back, I, I absolutely, I mean, just why you're good at what you do, man. You keep the customer front of mind. You keep us all honest and understanding what's going on there on the front lines with that. If I think about a company as a family, you know, I often think about where you're kind of hearing me react to some things about, you know, hey, is the customer really always right, you know, on this stuff, right? Because I don't really know. Sometimes I feel like it's our obligation as a company to educate them. I think it's also our obligation as a company to remember, like I often think about our company as like a family eating dinner at a restaurant, right? You're eating dinner, you're hanging out, and someone just comes up to you and says, hey, by the way, your, uh, your baby boy there is hideous, and then walks off. That's not a very kind thing to do. Your kid might be ugly as sin. It might be the fact, right? But it's not a very kind thing to say to somebody, right? But like people do that all the time, right? To companies, your product sucks. You guys are hot garbage, uh, all that stuff, right? Everything. And they don't know that maybe, you know, of all the things that are going on in the firm, it's just kind of a very easy thing, especially today to just fling that out there. What would you tell folks that are out there right now who might be thinking about calling someone's baby ugly? I mean, what are some things that, you know, I think you spoke a lot about businesses and what we can do to be better about, you know, making sure that we keep the customer front of mind. What can we do for the customer to help make that easier for businesses to continue to do the right thing? I mean, again, just like I just said before, remember that they're human being. <laughs> that they're, they, have, they, they are out in the world doing things just like you're doing things. Don't forget that they, every, they deserve respect too. <laughs> That they're they're again. I just keep bringing it back to respect, and they keep and they're driving their resources and their time and their their money to, to our business. Um, just always try to provide um, an inviting space for them where they they feel included. I, I like so that that actually goes into something about a trade that I really like is we're we're it's a really interesting twist blend of we're we're a brand that provides shoes, but we're also like this large running community, right? We're this like foreign, this like cool family. We call everybody our fam. When people get, when people subscribe, I literally say thank you, welcome to the family. Yeah, welcome to the team. Uh, just try to keep that that positive camaraderie and build community, and you cannot go wrong. You know, on both sides of the on coin. Both sides of the coin. Yeah. Jake, man, this is super insightful. Any parting words or things you want to share? 
Yeah, all the nice things that you were saying about me. How much did Mike pay you? <laughs> <laughs> he gave me a bunch of gummies, man. And so everybody knows. Did he give you a slightly like, used shoe? That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. No, he's got these. I'm saying gummies. He's got these huckleberry gummies, and uh, they're delicious, man. They're like this taffy from Australia. But oh. no, man, that's the absolute truth. I don't think any one of us here would balk at that. It's saying that uh, as our line, death, you know, wish or death, you know, breath is like Jake is. Uh, we are as fortunate to have you, I think, as you think you're on the team. So, yeah, it's a it is truly an honor to be a part of this team. To be here today is crazy. It's crazy. No, it's it, you earned it, man. He, he should. I quick aside. Jake showed up, you know, four or five times on my phone and at the office, just saying, "Look, man, I'll do anything just to get a part of something." It's like, oh, you know, so you gotta want it. Yeah, you have to want to do it as well. I think that that's a little bit of a an extra. Like you can talk about respect, you can do all that stuff, but unless you possess it deep down, you gotta want it. You gotta want to be on a team. You gotta want to do it like that. And Jake is, uh, you know, you're a uh, not every not everybody's gonna find a guy like you. Not every company's gonna have a Jake. You know, you can't, you can't really, you can train a lot of what you do, but not who you are. So you got to look for some special, special people out there. Agree with that. Well, I appreciate that. That's very kind. Yeah. Right back at y'all. Yeah. <laughs> hey, wait, before we close out, I'll ask, I think a good ambiance letter go to out, outro is talk about your candles for five seconds. I've never seen anybody get so stoked about deck on candles, man. Like, oh yeah, everybody likes a good scent stuff, but Jake talks about candles as if it's like, uh, like we just made a new pot roast or something. That's right. Or a new colorway. Or new color, yeah, or a new colorway coming That's out. Right. Yeah. I mean, to give, just before we close it out, before you give some of your parting words, talk to the folks about your candles. Yeah, it's official. I'm back in the candle game. Everybody. Back in the candle game. <laughs> Big time in candles, bow, man. Bow, bow, bow. I'm back. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, I, I kind of quickly glossed over at a candle shop in, in Colorado. Uh, I grew up, uh, contrary to what I said at the beginning where I was super rich, I really actually wasn't super rich. Uh, I didn't, I, I really wasn't super well off growing up, but my mom did a really, 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 really good job of creating like a really like enriching, like set and setting. Like she would buy all of our stuff at Goodwill, but like she'd make it look really nice. Every, all of our value was like in our like space. It was all about space. It was all about the vibe and the mood. And that really like that, that stuck with me obviously throughout my adulthood. And that's why I got really into candles because that is like quintessential set and setting vibe starter. Uh, so anyways, yeah, I just started a new uh, candle company called uh, Frida Rome yeah. with my partner in crime, girlfriend, Jamie Little. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, who actually uh, helped out at Atreyu a little bit. You may have seen her from time to time on a story. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, we're, uh, I don't know when this is coming out, but we're launching real soon. That's right. <laughs> How do they find you? Uh, FTRcandleco.com. Calm. That's what I'm talking about, That's man. Spot. Uh, What's your favorite smell? My favorite smell? Any Any, anything earthy. I like dank stuff. I want to smell dirt. You said dank? Dank. I want That's dank, what the word means? Earthy. Dank, dank yeah, means dank. earth? Mm-hmm. I thought dank meant like gym shorts, man. No. Some people might say dank is like hemp, like hippie stuff. I thought stuff. it was about smoking the <laughs> No, no, no. I want, to, I want to smell the earth. I want it to be okay. like the wet <laughs> soil. <laughs> okay, dank. <laughs> So like I promise tobacco. that candle smell good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, so like tobacco, earthy kind of tobacco, vibes. cedar, like any kind of woody stuff. Yeah. Um, 
like some amber. We have an amber oak moss candle. It's really good. We have a sandalwood and smoke. These like, candles like, are... like a like a fire. Like yeah, a, like a campfire. These are gonna be huge, right? They're twelve ounces. They're two. Give pounds. people an idea of what that means. Like, what, what's a like a twelve ounces? How big? Like, if I could eat cereal, how much cereal could I eat in a twelve ounce candle? Oh man, you could have. I mean, twelve ounces of cereal. Some. Yeah, you could have exactly twelve <laughs> ounces of cereal. It, I have a big hand, everybody. You can't see it, but it's big, and it fills my hand. Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. It's a, it's like a large glass. Of These things are gonna burn for how long? Drink. Weeks, right? Weeks. Yeah. I mean, I think that most people. I if it's me, if I when I the minute I get home, when I the minute I leave here, I'll immediately light six candles. Now I gotta have like a bunch going. It's like a shrine. Uh, but most people, I feel like most people's tendency is to like light one every once in a while. I'm also a homebody, so I'm always home. If you're not, I think it'll last you upwards of a month. And I kind of stole from the thunder of a tray because they're geniuses over here. They are going to be available as under subscription. Oh, hot chow, man. That's awesome. That's that's our special sauce, as they say here at Atreyu. Yes. Love it, man. It'd be a good time. All thanks to brilliant Michael over here for that awesome idea. Not many people are doing subscription candles. Do you believe it? I don't believe it. Now we are. Now we got it, man. You're free to roam. Jake, what parting words you got, man, for folks out there as our chief experience guy? What do you think? What do you want to leave folks with? Uh keep uh we're gonna we're gonna keep coming to the table with some really fun stuff you can count on the three of us i've never i never thought i would meet somebody let alone two people that work way freaking harder than i do and i thought i worked really really hard uh you can i can promise you as somebody who's on the inside and i know these guys that you can count on us delivering and bringing some awesome new stuff to the table for a long time to come I just want to say that because I, I never get to say that. I never get to say like how excited I am about where things are going. We're so like in the moment all the time and y'all just kind of see us in the moment, but y'all don't even know what's about, what's coming. Yes. Boom. I love it. Well, with that note, man, I only on top of that. Jake Martin, thanks brother for being on the show. For those of y'all listening, thank you for listening and tune in for more episodes here on Professionally Offensive Podcast. You can find us on all platforms. Apple, Spotify, everything else out there. Come check us out. Jake Martin. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it.